Welcome to Chef's Table. I'm Jim Coleman. With Halloween around the corner, what's it like to make a profession of scary things? Holly Black, and that's her real name, is the author of the successful children's fantasy series, The Spiderwick Chronicles. The Good Neighbors, her first graphic novel, you know, the books with the panel illustrations, just came out. I asked her about having fairies in her cast of characters and the process of writing a graphic novel. What you're doing is you're leaving out all the description. I mean, you're putting the description in, you know, you're sort of suggested what goes into this panel stuff and sending it off to the artist, and you're getting to have um, dialogue and some degree of voiceover, but that's it. And so you're really relying on the other person to set the mood in ways that I didn't really expect. And you're also, you know, you're having to concentrate on panel size, on, you know, different cues that you have to establish visually. You know, you have to think about uh, the sort of page turner panel at the end of a two page uh, spread. You want the panel there to have enough resonance that it makes people turn the page. You have to consider things that you don't ever really consider uh, in book length form. With vampires, we know certain things that they can and can't do. Is it true with fairies? It is true, but like with vampires, there is fairy folklore all over the world, and there's a great deal of variation in different places. For instance, cold iron repels Celtic fairies, but Scandinavian fairies actually have an ironwood forest. And in Asian fairy folklore, there's a lot of repelling with gold. So you have a, var you have a great deal of variation, but it's interesting how in every culture in the world there are there are spirits that live underground, uh, there are spirits that live in trees, there are nature spirits that in some way act like fairies do. Even with vampires, they think they know where the origin came from. Is there an origin for fairies? One of the things that, that's interesting about fairies is they are both spirits of nature, but they're also connected in some way to the afterlife. They're often, like in Celtic folklore, you have your fairy mounds, which are often near grave sites. Um, you have your relationship with Halloween where you have when the, the veils between the worlds are thinned, fairies are one of the creatures that can cross over at that time and snatch away people. And also that's a time when if the fairies have snatched someone, you're more likely to be able to get them back. Now, this is a silly question. Do, <laughs> do fairies need to eat? Fairies do eat, although it's unclear whether they need to. But fairy food is very dangerous, like the food of the dead. If you taste fairy food, you are very likely to be unable to leave fairy. But fairy food is often described in beautiful terms. Um, and what is the food? It's described as, uh, as fruit, as many different kinds of fruit. But clearly it has, um, there's something about it that is more sensual and uh, more delicious than any uh, human fruit. Now, my lack of knowledge on fairies is grand and can fill <laughs> volumes, so I always thought fairies were small. And right. There are many different kinds of fairies. Uh, one, one type that's very small is the sprite, which you may be thinking of because they're small, they're winged, um, they fly around. But there are nixies, pixies, shagfuls, um, kelpies, and every other different sort of size and shape. Ogres, giants. So this comes out of Celtic tradition originally? Um, most of the folklore that I'm drawing from comes out of Celtic tradition, although I I love to try and draw in other folklore from different parts of the world and sort of blend it together because I think that fairies come from all different places. There's a tradition of fairy folklore in a lot of different places. but.